Yes, come here for this episode. We shall be discussing Liverpool's disaster, disastrous start to the season. Also on the show today, we shall also be discussing Arsenal's move to Pedro Neto of Vanti Wondras. And of course, you with Timans of Leicester City. Yes, coming up on this show, we shall also be discussing why Manchester United are desperate to get Anthony from Ajax Amsterdam. And of course, this show is not complete if you not talk about UEFA Champions League draws. And of course, UEFA, yeah, UEFA awards. I cannot be working alone on the show. Alabi Oluwa Toby joins me on the show. Toby, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be on the show for one more time for God Um I hope to entertain our listeners for a while tonight. All right. First of all, introduction. I remain Abdelhamid Abdekarim. You can also call me for Bodris, the regular anchor on the show. Let's start the show. Let's go to Anfield. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. To be, it is just three games into the season, but Liverpool are yet to pick a victory in the new in the new Premier League season. I mean, if you consider how well Liverpool played in the competition where they defeated Manchester City, I mean, in fact, even a soothsayer wouldn't have, wouldn't have predicted this disastrous start to the season for your close men. Well, uh, it was going to be a difficult one for a soothsayer to predict this kind of disastrous start for the club's men. Um, however, their woes have not been something we cannot predict because, we, as you can see, Liverpool's team, Liverpool's team quite, it's, it's quite, it's quite thin. They are battling with injuries this early into the season. I, I don't even know. I don't have words to describe what is going on in Liverpool currently. Namiketa is out. Dramatip is out. Akantara is out. Ibrahim Kanuti is out. Curtis Jones is out. Jota is out. Chamberlain is out. I mean, a whole lot of their first-team players are out. Not first eleven, first team players are out. So uh, it's 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 not much of a surprise that Liverpool is actually struggling in the early stages of the game. But then these guys are are, are someone that always strives to be the best. So you expect them to to rally around themselves more and come out and put in a, a bit more stiffer fight. But then we, I I don't think the stiffer fight is in Liverpool currently because the season is, yeah, I don't know they've not started the season so well. They've not started the season so brilliantly actually. They are, they're not putting up the kind of fight to expect them because they've been through these kind of phases in previous seasons also. They've been through these kind of phases where they have reoccurring injuries and they still come out um a better side. But then this season it has been different. Maybe they've caught on to them this season. I don't know. Or maybe they just needed a new um a midfielder because I saw there was this time they were trying to bid for um this play. Um was it Benassa? It's not clear Benassa, yeah. But then I felt like club club withdrew. They they just need they need they need someone to Coming to that midfield and man the midfield. Fabio is not in top form also. Anderson, I don't know what I'm asking currently. Fabio is not in top form. Milner, Milner is Milner. So I Liverpool has a lot of problems. Nunes is also out. He has red cards, is also out. Bobby is returning from injuries. So you can't just pinpoint one aspect that this is what is wrong with Liverpool currently. But majorly, they think their injury, their injury program has been their undoing in the early in the early stage of the season. Let's hope they rally around and 
come out as we know them for. You trying to say something? Yes, of course. I mean, you can, yes, of course, they have injury worries, they have injury crisis, especially in the midfield. But then you check the teams they play, the, the team they put out against Manchester United, against Crystal Palace, against Fulham, one would have expected that Liverpool would have gotten a three maximum points in the bag. And that takes me to the form of the key players. I mean, if you take the form of the key players, uh, Virgil van Dijk's form has come under huge scrutiny. I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold has not covered himself in glory. And Robertson looks a shadow of himself. Just like he also said, Fabinho also has not been scintillating. Jordan Anderson, I mean, he has also, he has also been as bismar. I mean, so if you, take, you put it, yes, even the players that are, even the players that are fit, I mean, they haven't come, they haven't come to the party. You have a point, honestly. You have a point. Your players have not really performed up. So they have, they've not met their expectations since they've been underwhelming, so to say. Like I mentioned earlier, I said Fabio has not been up to his usual standards. I, I failed to mention Van Dijk and he likes, but then the Liverpool team has not really performed up to standard generally. That's why the fact that they have injury problems. Even Salah has not been scoring as usual. The Luis Diaz we saw of last season is not present currently. He's not even we don't even know where he has gone, but he showed the, he showed um, a moment of brilliance against Crystal Palace. Maybe he will come around, maybe he will not come around, we don't know. But then Liverpool has um a huge problem on their hands if they don't take care of it before it goes so far. I mean, Tony, what do you think might be the problem of the of these key players not being informed? And just like I said, I mean it's shocking. We saw these guys do very well against Manchester City, then all of a sudden that form just went into the ocean what could be the reason where we aren't here where aren't here it could be we aren't here i mean these guys have been playing they've been playing 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 consistently i mean the, the precision they were in company after after they played the precisions after they played the um the, the match against Marseille, they had a precision match again so probably where aren't they they, they, they didn't get enough break probably one month break and within one month break yes it's probably going insane on, on stamina and stuff Maybe, just maybe. Uh, but yeah, yeah, or just, it could be mental. No one knows also. Okay. And you remember seen after the Crystal Palace years draw? Yes, was it against, against after, after Crystal Palace or Manchester United? Uh, I can't recall it. He also made, he alluded to the fact that the players are still struggling from the, I mean, from the rigors of last season. This was a team that played all games that were, that were there to be played last season. And here we have with that, I mean, due to the uh, forthcoming World Cup, they had a, I mean, they, they had a very short summer break. And, and yes, of course, that, that could have played in into the, I mean, the, uh, the deep in form of these key players. I mean, if you were a jogging club, what, I mean, what did you do at this, project, at this uh, moment in time? Because time, I mean, they are running out of time, though, though it's just three games into the season. All I could just do is just rally around my team. I know, to give them moral support and make them believe in themselves again. The, the, the resting them is not an option because you are fighting with a team squad where you have a team squad. Just to give them moral support and not to rotate the team, incorporate the younger ones a little bit. But then, I don't think you can incorporate the younger ones in the APO match because it, it started pretty badly. So you just need to just rally around these players and hope that they come around and they, and they hit top form. But it's going to be really difficult because the running are going to get mad now. Yeah, yes, yes, welcome. Uh, yes, walk up in November. The EP is going to be around. Yeah, you may proceed. Okay, it's going to be massive. If club, I don't know, I really don't, I don't see a way out of it. If club continue first. 
Yes, let me come on the show. Abdiaki Mohammed Bashir. <laughs> yes, Bashir, thanks for coming on the show. We are discussing Liverpool's troubles. I mean, yes, if you go, I mean, if you check Liverpool fan base, they'll be clamoring for the signing of a new midfielder at least. Do you think signing a new midfielder would hang this Liverpool's disastrous start to the season? Um, well, for me, I definitely believe that during transfer summers, there is no limit to signing, 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 signing. And if you sign 10 players, at least one is going to be useful for you at the end of the day. Lies on the lifetime. But I obviously believe that Liverpool signing an additional midfielder is going to help their cause. Because currently, James now is not fit anymore. Jordan Anderson is not what he used to be over the years. They've lost Wijnaldum. Fabinho is still there. Thiago is out injured. I mean, they just need to bring somebody. They need a fresh face. They need a fresh leg. Somebody that is going to come out of control the tempo of this. And ever since Philippe Contillo has left, I don't think that we've ever seen some kind of the Contillo ex-player in that Liverpool side. So trying to play Femiro as a midfielder sometimes does not even suit well. So for me, I'm of the opinion that Liverpool should bring in a new midfielder. Some kind of midfielder that is going to kind of change the dynamics and not just this Liverpool one-way side. New, bringing in a new player is going to give them a new, a new list of life, a new approach. And I remember they were chasing Shuemani at some point and they were unable to get him. So the transfer window is still out and I believe that they should be all out for one midfielder or the other. I mean, before you came in, we were talking about the deep in form of Liverpool's key players, Benji Van Dijk, Alexander Arnold, and Robertson and the likes. But then, does bringing in a new player get these players, I mean, the key players, back to form? Does it, I mean, does it end their struggles? Well, sometimes all you just need is just one key player. I'm going to make an example of Bruno Fernandes and Manchester United. When Bruno came in in, the, in January 2020, Manchester United was struggling and their players were actually struggling. By the time Bruno came in, everybody just picked up that form. So sometimes you just take some kind of one player, just one player to unlock other players, to unlock the magic that other players are actually capable of. And I can even remember the case of um, uh, Mohamed Salah. When Salah came into Liverpool, I know that Liverpool was not the Liverpool side that we used to know over the years. But with him coming in, it kind of gives Liverpool some kind of a fresh dimension, a kind of a new way to actually go about it. Same thing with Thiago, when Thiago came in. So, a new player always brings a new vibe, always brings, always brings, he's always bringing this, this energy of wanting to play. And of course, you're in a new club, in, in a part of a new country. You want to show them the stuff you are made of. And the first impact, the, the very first set of people that are going to kind of benefit from such are your teammates. So, if you're able to uplift your teammates, then definitely the season is going to be it's going to be nice and other players definitely step up in their own performance too. Yeah, I'm sorry, he's talking about this signing of a new midfielder, yes. I mean, if it, the, the defence has always been that Liverpool, yes, Liverpool have enough midfielders at the moment, though the majority of them are out injured. Should you add another midfielder into the team, that might mean, that, that, that would mean you're adding another body into that midfield. And if everyone comes back with I mean, how do you ensure all these players stay happy? I mean, there, I mean, there is I, no I, there is no certainty actually that you could make all the players stay happy. But then competition is good. Competition has always been known to be good. It motivates players to be better. And that thing is on the decline already. Milner is just a bit part player. So you, the only people that might not stay happy are Fabinho, um, 
Fabio and Alcantara. Because Anderson is your captain. Yes, quite right. But you understand, he get rotated more often than any of these guys. Um, Nabiketa has been rumored to go to, to be on the move to um Z Dortmund or some one of the, one, one German team. He has been rumored to be on the on transfer list. Those people, those people are watching him, those ones are watching him. But I don't know, but bringing in a midfielder at this point in time would mean Liverpool is serious. Every team needs to push their players to work harder and to give more. It's it's not a matter. You, you, you can't rely on three players all through 50 games this season. It's not possible. You need competition for the team. When they are dead, they need someone to push them. Look at Madrid now. Madrid has Valverde, Kamavinga, um, and add, they all signed to Echemeni. That's why Casemiro is out. They have five solid CMs come CDM in their team already. So competition is good. Navigator will probably leave. I don't know if that one are serious, he'll probably leave. But then he's injured at the moment. So you need someone to replace him at the moment because Anderson will leave your team in like a season or two. I don't see him playing past one and one or two seasons anymore at Liverpool. Oh, I see how my people they struggle with people <laughs> to pronounce Chuameni. Really a Chuameni. <laughs> But, but but it is what it is. I mean, Bashir, should Liverpool fail to sign a midfielder, will it be a disastrous season for Liverpool? Well, well, well. The question of disastrous is actually subjective. And it's not something that somebody can just speak out of luck and say Liverpool are going to have a disastrous... I mean, these are the same set of players that actually played last year. But the key thing now is that they are having injury crisis. And whenever you're having injury crisis, there is always a dip in form in the team. I don't know. Even the so-called Manchester City that has first eleven, complete first eleven and second eleven, when their key players get injured, it's always affecting the performance of the team. However, that being said, the season is the marathon now. We are just three games in out of 38. So which means that we still have 35 games more. So some of the players can just come back to fitness and they are going to pick up where, where they left off. And from there, you can see Liverpool will just pick up the pace. But when it comes to Liverpool having a very good season or not having a very good season, by their standards, they've always been challenging for the title. Yes, injuries to their key players may sometimes, at this particular stage, kind of reduce Liverpool from that kind of potential that, that they were. They may not be able to secure a top, uh, to secure the league or second. But I think that I just see them fighting for the top four. In, in, the top four now is in quotation. <laughs> yes, because Liverpool standard has gone beyond fighting for just top four this time around. But with the injuries problem, I don't know. I just see them just taking in. But probably may be able to just secure the League Cup or the FA Cup. So I don't know how we are going to rate that kind of decision. But I do not see them maintaining the standard that they have set for themselves over the years if this injury crisis should actually persist. All right, guys, let's move. Yes, Arsenal Football Club after, after the season like a house on fire. I mean, right from the transfer window, I mean, they identified their target and they got them instantly. I mean, Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, I mean, these guys. Uh, Fabio, I'm not forgetting Fabio Vieira. And now we also have news that Arsenal um, are, are interested. Though the news has always been, the rumor has always been there that they maintain an interest in Yuri Tillemans, who is running into his last year of his contract with Leicester City. And they're also interested in Pedro Neto of Wanderers. But now the question is, if Arsenal, if Edu had just one chance to sign either of Pedro Neto or Yuri Tillemans, who should he sign? Let me start with Toby. 
Well, um, I, I feel like you were telling me that at this point, coming to Arsenal will just be like an overload in the midfield since they signed, they signed Vieira already. So you tell him as now might just be an excess in the midfield. Except they're going to clear. Except, except they're going to clear Zaka, Lenny, or one of Party. Party Zaka. They have to clear one of them for him to accommodate him because Odegaard's Odegaard's Odegaard place is sealed already in the team. There's no moving Odegaard. So it's just going to be an overload to this to their midfield already. But then having having things in abundance is always good. Um, but on the Neto part, I feel like Neto might. Um, it is rumored that Wolves are going to move Wang. And once Wang moves, Neto is not moving. Because they, 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 I mean, there's definitely a transformation. That's probably six or five months. To search for someone to replace two players in six months is going to be an asshole. It's going to be an asshole, right? So Neto might never move. This is, he might not move this summer. He might move in January. But then, I do, I, I, this, all these things are just in my head. They might not be as our play because I've, I saw the news. Hang, Hang might be moving to Leeds. And if he leads, if he, if he leaves um, Wolves, he leaves Wolves with just Neto and Pudens. If Neto moves to us now, so at least they will just Pudens. They, they have six days to search for a replacement for Neto and Juan. Arsenal, on the other hand, they already have Martinelli, they have Saka. I think Pepe, Pepe has completed low moves too nice, but then they have two competent midfielders and um, two competent wingers who can alternate anytime they want them to alternate. And they have Smithrow, they also coming in. I don't know if Smithrow can also alternate with them, but they have Smithrow coming back in from injury also. So then, not... that, that leads us to the, the question of um yeah I mean, so, so you mean so yeah I mean... leads, leads us to the question of who, who should who should they pick yes so I, I feel like they are fine at the moment you just need to find a someone to alternate with Martinelli and Saka not necessarily Neto I don't think Neto is going to move because Neto it's going to be a difficult move for Neto to do it's only happening if one doesn't move to this but I think one to this is almost complete let me begin by I'm just talking about Freeman's and Neto's I mean, if take Arsenal uh, midfield, Tony Shaka and Thomas Partey have secured their place in that midfield. But then he, he, Toby did, did, uh, did make mention of Fabio Vieira. But Fabio, Fabio, I don't think Fabio Vieira can perform the role of either Gani Shaka or Thomas Partey in a double pivot. And don't you think you retreat fit into this profile? Also, he will provide competition there and he also has the Premier League experience. Well, it is so called Premier League experience. It's something that whenever the money, whenever a club is entering into the market, it seems we've lost Premier League club. I mean, from the perspective of this player. Yeah, yeah, you, you may proceed. But can he perform? Yeah, but can he perform in the Premier League? That is another question. You would say the man actually tick the box, he fits it perfectly. And it's not even as a matter of providing competition. I mean, yes, Granishaka and Thomas Pass are actually secure by their, their place, but who says that they can actually not be not, not be displaced? So I don't know. I'm saying them as we don't want to play second field. And Arsenal is, is going to play lots and lots and lots of competitions this time around. This is a player that wants to play week in, week out, and we, we have seen his tenacity. We have seen the fact that he's always the player that can go. The whole uh, the whole league and see the fit and Adel and wanting to play, so it's not it's not really out of place and it's not going to spoil the dynamics of the team. Like Toby has mentioned, competition is always good for the team and it's always good for the team spirit, so that the team is going to forge their head. So I'm of the opinion that 
the elements is actually going to be a, a, a better fit because even even the first time Arsenal Arsenal has been chasing him. Arsenal chased him last summer too. They were just unfortunate to be, to get him. And this time I even want to move to Leicester. So uh, from Leicester to Arsenal. So this time around, Arsenal should just go for it and and he should he should he should find his way to the Emirates. All right, guys, let's move. Yes, yes, about Manchester United. Yes, but yes, but you can't wait to talk about Manchester United. I mean, it's no good news that the next player that Elton Hag wants to get into Old Trafford is his old player, Anthony. And I are demanding the FTF for the uh, yes for the Brazilian forward. I mean, Bashir, the 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 amount is. 100 million euros is said to be the yes, it's said to be close to 100 million euros. I mean, do you think Manchester United should go all out for this guy? Uh, well, in the history of buying players, I mean, Manchester United is a club that is not afraid of buying players, they are not afraid of splashing out the cash, breaking the bags to bring in their target. So, and then there's a kind of, uh, will I say, complicated theory against Ten Hag that he loves his former player, that he loves to bring in his former players. Well, that's the theory for another day. But talking about players, I mean, uh, Anthony is a player that we all know as that player, that Brazilian player. We need some kind of, Manchester needs some kind of a different dimension as Rashford, Greenwood. I mean, these are players that. Um, Sancho, these are English boys in quotation. These are English boys, and bringing in a new player from outside the league is something that is actually refreshing. And every Manchester United fan will probably be biting their, their nails at this uh, Anthony's arrival. But the question is, is uh, Ajax was pride asset at the moment, and they don't want to just lose it for nothing. Well, price tag is is nothing in this transfer windows, honestly speaking. And we saw Liverpool splashing out the cash to bring in Nunes. Only for him to just, you know. So the uh, the point that I'm trying to make now is that uh, his fee is actually, to some extent, is is actually none of Manchester United fans' concern. They don't care how much, how much, how much you bought or how much you have been paid. They just want you to play for them, and they can go all out to get him. So if they are okay with the fee, I mean, why not get him? He's a superstar. He's a he's a player that's going to add another dimension to to. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a superstar on his own on his own pedestal, actually. And he's the player that we are. He's 22 years old, so he's still in his youthful age and his footballing age. So we can Master United are going to get the, probably the best out of him for the next eight years. All right. I mean, Toby, Ari Maguire, I don't want to be Saka. Jadon Sancho, my United know the lane. See, transfers, transfers are 50-50 most of the time, football juries. They either work out or they fail. But Manu have been unfortunate in many, many situations, many instances. <laughs> they've failed more than they've succeeded in transfer business. But they don't stop them from making attempts to rebuild their team, football juries. You need to constantly rebuild this team to make it stay in tune with the reality. 
Well, personally for me, I feel like Anthony is not who Miners should be chasing. But then they have Ten Hang mm. at the end of the affair because this guy has worked with Anthony, so it feels like Anthony will be a proper um, left swinger for his team. But then Cody Gapo is someone on the profile I think that fits into Manchester United's problem. He's someone that could play as a centre forward and as a left winger also. And Cody Gapo last season was more of a goal creator than Anthony was last season. He had a, he hit double figures in goal and assist last season and will cost much lesser than Anthony would cost. Manchester United is securing. So I feel like they should go for Cody Gapo, uh, Gapo instead of Anthony at all costs. Just 90 million for Anthony, honestly, is ridiculous. This is the sum that will get you two salads. And like when Liverpool signed Salah, you should have gotten you two salads at all. This is the service that gotten you two monies. So you're getting Anthony because he's 22 years old for 90 million. Someone that has not scored, is this, has he ever scored 15 goals in, in, in the league season? No. Someone that is not, not even, is not coming from a top league, so to say. I'm not out. People might say the Dutch league is the top league, but it's not coming from a sub league, so to say. I'm paying 90 million for him. I mean, it's just ridiculous, honestly, ridiculous. I feel like they should consider their other options and I don't know, make things work, not just going with a scaffold and go for Anthony alone. Anthony might be a trickster, yes. There are other tricksters in the market, there are other players that, that take his profile in the market, who they could get for lesser amount and use this money for other wings, like you said. Um, to be, I don't know, my I think my is just being. They're being tried. They're trying to be too hasty in this market. They should just chill, take a chill out and look for other options. But then they have six days left. All right, guys, let's move forward. Yes, Franklin Samaka joins us. Yes, in the last part of yes, on the last part of the show. I mean, Franklin, quickly, Karim Benzema has been named UEFA Men's Player of the Year. But in just, please, quickly, in just one minute, am I the only one that feels, of course, he's a deserving winner. Am I the only one that also feels that Thibaut Courtois was as equally as important to Real Madrid as Karim Benzema in the course of last season? Okay, why why uh, issues about goalkeepers being neglected is something that we can't we can't overstate because obviously Tibokota was really like one of the best players in that tournament. But Benzema, in Benzema's case, Benzema was actually like the best player in the whole world for in that Champions League last season. Like it was obvious that he was the one person that you have to fear. I don't think any team, any player was single-handedly threatening like how Benzema was last season. Franklin. Like, you know, you are playing Benzema, you just have to be careful. We will be having this conversation if Seabot Couture, I didn't have that brilliant performance against Liverpool last season. I, I think Seabot Couture had a, a lot of good performances. I think against Chelsea, he made a save that prevented the game entering 4-0 or so. What? I can't get you. I said he was always keeping them in games. He keeps, he keeps them in games. Yeah, he kept, sorry, he kept them in yeah, games. Yeah, but... And well, to score the goals. Yeah, that is how it's all. I feel like it's just it's, it's just teamwork. And at the end of the day, one person. Yes, of course. Guys, yeah, have to take the price for being the best out of the two. And even if as much as he wants, if Benzema doesn't score, they still don't win. Of course. I mean, you 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 also feel lastly. <laughs> you think uh, Kevin De Bruyne was one of the three best players? Yes, last season according to UEFA. Second best player, I think second best player is probably much largely influenced by what he did in the league 
because in the Champions League, I, I did not see any single thing that he did that was outstanding. Obviously, he scored goals and assisted, but it was just pretty much the average thing that a good player could do. But I think in the league, he was a determining factor in why Masi won the league. And I feel like that is what influenced it in a long way because if you saw what Madrid did in that Champions League, I think Thibaut Courtois was a major reason they were still in that tournament. Like I, I mentioned before, in that Yeah, I think I can. I, yes, I think I can get Franklin. Guys, let's talk about the year for Champions League girls. <laughs> of course, let's what? talk about yes. We'll be focusing on the group of deaths. <laughs> yes, in Group C, we have Bayern Munich B, a reunion for your battle Lewandowski. As Bayern Munich have been drawn to face Barcelona, Inter Milan, and Victoria Plazen. Toby. <laughs> How do you feel if you were? How will you feel if you were a Plazen fan? Well, I'll just I'll just go there for the ticket sales. I mean, I'll be so happy because my 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 <laughs> I will sell tickets. That's just it. I will sell tickets. My fans will want to go to this stadium. These stadiums are classic stadiums. They they want to see these people play. So we will sell tickets basically. Quickly, let's talk about the group. Aside aside that, there's nothing we can do. We can't fight. You can't fight. Who, who do you want to beat in this group? Is it Barcelona? Is it Bayern Munich? Is it Inter Milan? Well, you, 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 <laughs> the group is funny, actually. Well, it's it's a group of death, so to say. But then, Victoria Plaza, it, it's so unlucky. Well, you, 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 tough luck to them. I don't think I don't I don't think they will secure three points in this group, honestly. If they get one point, I will give them something. <laughs> I mean, let's. This is how we have space deeds. Exactly. They, they, Barcelona enter. Is, is, is it safe to say that this is how that group will end at the head of Magic Six Brazil in one minute? In one minute. Yes. Hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Bayern Barcelona enter. Is it is that how the group will end at the end of Magic Six? Yes. I, I I mean I mean I saw the way the group was. I mean my mind. The only thing I just concluded that oh that's the final day right. <laughs> Like they've already, they've already shown us the final day, but now it's going to Milan will play in the Europa League normal. So that one, I don't think that one, that, that's perfect. And by means, we'd most likely top the group. And Barcelona will qualify for the group uh, for the round of 16. And that Victoria, pleasant. Is he pleasant? <laughs> so they'll probably be the ones who just fly <laughs> in. Yeah. yeah. So they'll be the ones who just look cool to the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, yes, you said they have buyers ways. Yes, does Inter stand a chance? Do Inter stand a chance? You, you know, you know, I'll be sentimental when it comes to my Syria people, but then it's going to be difficult. So, but I, I, my one is on Inter Milan. You fight it out, you shrug it out. So, I don't know. Over Bayern. <laughs> over Baka, not oh, Bayern. Uh, over Baka. You shrug it out. Over, over Baka. Conte is not good in Champions League. Inter has won three Champions League titles, if I'm not mistaken. Conte is not good in with Champions Mourinho League. With Mourinho in 2010. <laughs> I mean, guys, uh, they, they, they won it. This day. The point is they won it. Another like interesting group is Group E. We have AC Milan, Chelsea, Salzburg, Dynamo Zagreb. Frankly, you want to agree with me that this is how the group will end. AC Milan will top the group, and Chelsea will finish at the first one up. I, I don't want to brag, bro. I don't want to brag in like, why the fear? Way, but this group is very easy. <laughs> why the fear? Because we got because we got the easiest, easiest club in Botswana, which is AC Milan. 
Uh, I, I don't know what we could have asked for again. <laughs> which, which other team? Which other team is easier than this Milan in Port One? Call them now. Okay, we can't get my statistics because they are from England. Frankfurt. I mean, Madrid is stronger Frank, than this. Frankfurt. Um, Ajax. Which one is PSG is stronger than this Milan. FC Porto. Ajax. You FC Porto, Ajax, Frankfurt. <laughs> but then, frankly, I'll explain that to you that Chelsea. Now, wow. I'll explain that to you that Chelsea. Chelsea has a not so good record versus Italian teams in the Champions League. Against AS Roma, Chelsea has won once. Chelsea has won once in four meetings against AS Roma. Against Juventus, Chelsea has won twice in six meetings. Against Inter Milan, Chelsea has not won in three meetings. Against AC Milan, Chelsea has not won once in two meetings. So I'm just telling you, if I leave this guy, the reason why we have not won this guy, we will not end this show. This is where we shall enjoy the podcast on Tuesday. Yes, on you don't forget that we shall return next week, Friday. Sound football drops every Friday, 5 p.m. Nigerian time, and you can listen on any of your podcast platform. You can join us on social media. The Twitter handle is tweet at Sun in capital letters on Facebook. Sport Analysis Network is the name, and on Instagram, Sport Analysis Network is the name. Yes, join us on Friday, 9 p.m. Nigerian time on our Twitter space. Yes, do enjoy your weekend. Au revoir.